Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 377, coming out at you on March 3rd, 2021. Now, of course, if you were a Patreon subscriber, you would have had this episode about six days ago. They come out earlier for subscribers, and you get the video version. You get to see me in my home office. You get to see a fluorescent sign that says no fun. You get to see what my hair is looking like that day. I mean, it's, it's a thrill for all of you. Anyway, we'll get into that later. I am Jen Kirkman. I am your host. I am a comedian. I have two Netflix specials right up there right now for you to enjoy. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. And I also have two books. I know when I'm doing another lies I tell myself and I can barely take care of myself. Why does everything I do start with I and end with myself? Am I a narcissist? (laughs) Maybe by accident. But my point in mentioning all of that is, of course, to plug it, but to let you know that this is neither a book or a comedy special. And I know you're thinking, no shit, I'm not a fucking idiot. It's a podcast. (laughs) These things have been around for well over a decade. I know, I know. The reason I'm mentioning it is if you're new to the podcast, you might not know what it is that I do here on No Fun. I started the podcast in 2013 as a way for people who liked my comedy to really get to know me because really I was only visible on Drunk History and Chelsea Lately. And you know, I'm not that fun. I'm not as fun as I appeared on those programs. So I wanted people to get to know the real me, full of life and also crankiness. And so this is where, you know, I come to be the real me. It's sometimes funny, sometimes sad, always honest. So just enjoy a one-sided conversation where you say nothing and enjoy. So this week, 
I want to talk about a few things. One, my mother, the Catholic, has some thoughts on Lent, and she thinks nobody needs to do Lent anymore. And I will relay her words of wisdom to all of us. I may touch briefly on my thoughts on the documentary about Woody Allen happening on HBO, but I want to wait for a few more episodes to air. But I do just want to talk about my personal experience with the older man, younger woman kind of thing. And I know that what we're talking about is molestation and not, oh, just an older man and younger woman, but that's not what I'm going to be talking about. We'll see. I'll I'll explain it later. But the most important thing that I want to talk to you about today is I got the COVID-19 vaccine. The Pfizer one, too. That's That's the good one. People talk about, the scientists talk about the vaccine the way that parents are supposed to talk about their kids. They're all good. Just just all of them are great. All of them are great. We love them equally. But you all know Pfizer is the one that may be just effective 95% after one dose. I mean, they recommend getting the second dose anyway, but I'm just saying. Pfizer's the favorite, even though no one can say it. Now, if you're thinking you're not a healthcare worker, you're not over 65, how did you get the vaccine? You Hollywood elite, rich bitch, what did you do? Did you show your boobs to someone? Did you take a $100 bill? Did you wrap it up in a box of cocaine and did you give it to someone? Are they having Botox COVID-19 parties out there in Hollyweird? What's going on? I got it fair and square, although there was a glitch. Ah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So here's what happened. Now, I did not expect this. Imagine you're going to bed at midnight one night. Only imagine you're going to bed. It's midnight and someone goes, in 15 hours, you'll be vaccinated. How? How the fuck is that possible? That was not my plan that I had for Saturday. So here's how it happened. I am having a yawning fit, and I promise you the story isn't boring. There's lots of drama, yelling, nurses, things getting down to the wire. So, in California, the only people who can get vaccinated are 65 and older, Healthcare workers. Right now, I think they've opened it up to teachers and some essential workers. Now, every website is a little bit different depending on. I don't even know if I mean website, but every location place is a little different. Now, we don't have many location places. Like, I don't think we have the vaccine yet at pharmacies, or maybe we do. I don't know. I'm kind of out of the loop because I found out that I'm not even eligible with a pre-existing condition. I have a pre-existing condition of a damaged bronchial, which is a smaller airway than the bronchial tube, 
and I have asthma. And my pulmonologist called me probably this this time last year saying, do not mess with COVID-19. Whenever you get a cold, it turns into a bronchial respiratory infection. And if you get this, you could be hospitalized. And so he prescribed me all of these steroid inhalers, all of these things to have on hand in case I got it because he didn't know how bad the lockdown was going to be and how available anything would be. So I got it in advance. I got all these steroids and whatever. So when I, I, I had a respiratory infection, November through January of 2019. And I swear to God, I swear to God it was COVID, but I, it wasn't in the United States yet, but I swear to God I was patient zero. But then again, I was also working a job and people around me would have gotten it, I think. I don't know. Anyway, I was on all kinds of inhalers and steroids themselves and this and that, and I wasn't getting better and no one knew what it was, but I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything. It was just a terrible respiratory infection and it was quite scary. And I was doing these breathing exercises and it was just miserable. It got to the point where I was always shaking, and every time I took a deep breath, I would start dry heaving. It was a miserable nightmare that I had for six weeks. So some of you out there might remember I had to cancel some gigs. It was because I had been on so many steroids that they said, your immune system sucks. If you get on a plane, you'll reinfect. So I thought, well, geez, isn't that kind of asthma? And then I did a lung function test in January of 2020, and they said... uh, Yeah, one of your bronchioles is, it's either been damaged from this respiratory thing or it's always been damaged. So you're never going to be at like full oxygen. Okay, so great. So I have, that's not a pre-existing condition in California. Right now, the pre-existing conditions that are allowed to get the vaccine in two weeks in March 15th is kidney problems, obesity. If you currently have cancer, not even a cancer survivor, current cancer, and I forget what the other one is, COPD, which I don't have, but I feel like what I have is close, but it's not. So when I got the email that said pre-existing conditions are opening up soon, I was like, oh my God, it's sooner than I thought. I thought it was going to be July. It's March. I'm so happy. And then I read and I was like, oh, but not my pre-existing condition. Fuck. So I was like, well, it's going to be summer for me. And I just kind of resigned myself to it. I'll just keep gaining weight and see what happens. But I'm starting to lose my mind. I, I, I'm, I'm really starting to, as we all are. And I've, of course, been luckier than most, but I have depression. I live alone. I haven't seen my family. My parents are elderly. It's just, I can't take it. So, I will not be naming names, but turns out there's a comedian... Not a famous comedian with millions of dollars. We're talking that someone in her 20s is broke. She's volunteers at one of these COVID places. And she had some inside info about an upcoming, I guess they call it like a vaccine dump. Like there was just a bunch of vaccines and this one, not company, but group That was, you know, it's all part of the state's vaccination program. It's not some outside thing. It's all legit and part of the state vaccination program. But it's not like, oh, the big Dodger Stadium one. It was like a pop up almost like they they went to this health center in um, Glendale, California, which is just a couple towns over for me. And 
it was going to be, you know, like a pot, like they do it outside under tents and, you know, there's like a big trailer. It's like a whole pop-up situation. So, oh my God, I can't stop yawning. They say when you yawn a lot, you are releasing stress and trauma. Maybe I am stressed telling this story because I don't want any backlash. There's nothing I could have done. There's no one I could have, I could have just not taken an appointment, I guess. But I felt like it was a kind of a, I just, I don't know. I felt like, look, okay, so I'll explain. So this comedian told someone else, told another comedian friend of mine, a woman who is older than me, who's had the vaccine because she, um, she had a situation where she was allowed to get it. So this older woman sends me a direct message on Twitter saying, I know how much you're losing your mind. And, um, this website is up and appointments are going fast and they're this weekend. They're just trying to get rid of some Pfizer vaccines. And it looks like it's not just for 65 and old, older and healthcare worker. And I was like, wow, because if you go on one of these websites, let's say you're trying to cheat the system. If you if you log on and say, I'm 65 or older, well, you got to put your birthday in and then they'll know you're not. And they'll say, sorry, you can't make an appointment at this time. If you go in and say, I'm a healthcare worker, they'll say, put your worker ID, you're ready to bring ID on, on site and you know you're fucked. There's no... I'm not, a, I'm not a hacker. I'm not sitting there with like a 1980s computer and like big glasses on going like code into the C6 of the system. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm just signing up or not. So my friend said to me, I'm sending this to you. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. Things like this happen. And anyone who can grab it should just grab it. The more people vaccinated, the better. And to be honest, healthcare workers and people over 65 have a million different locations they can go that you know, or five days a week, whatever. So it's not like they're being turned away. It's just at this particular location, I was taking a spot. Okay, so I go online, I fill out everything. And when it says job, I was like, now how am I going to get around this? Because I'm not, and it said under essential workers, like server in a restaurant. And then it was like performer. It was like entertainer live in in service. It was like something that was basically like, do you perform in a place that has food and drink? Which I do. I mean, I haven't in a year, but that's what a comedy club is. And I felt guilty because I was like, well, technically I'm not because I don't do it. But Jen, that's your last job that you had. And that is what you do. But I'm not going back to doing it this year. Well, that's just because you're paranoid. But it is your job. Well, but I'm really a podcaster writer right now. Jen, get the fucking vaccine. So I clicked on it and it allowed me. It didn't say, fuck you, you're not a nurse. It, it allowed me. And I was like, well, we'll see what happens. And so I, I guess one other person in the comedy world was sent this email. So I went to bed and I was like, I can't believe this is real. I just, I'm in a holding pattern of emotional release. I'm not joyful. I'm, I'm suspicious. So I go to bed. I wake up the next day. Now this other person that I know, um, who's way younger, but she signed up as well. And she went to be the first appointment of the day. Now I strategically picked the last group of appointments of the day because I figured if they were like, what's your job? And I was like, performer. It said on the website. Yeah, I know it said on the website, but there's been a glitch. 
I assume I'd be like, oh, well, I'll stand in the line for if you have any leftovers. And they'd be like, great, you're first in the leftover line. Oh, look, there's 50 leftovers. You get it. So I just thought it would be smarter to do that. So the girl, this other girl who I don't really know that well, but my friend who hooked me up with the vaccine info said, I'll text you in the morning because this other girl we know is going to try it too. And they're like, oh, they turned her away. So it's probably not going to work out for you. And I was like, I had this feeling deep in my bones. I was like, I know it is. And I get every once in a while when something works out for me, I always sort of feel it in advance. I just felt this was right. I felt it was going to happen. And I said, why did they turn her away? And they said, today they're only focusing on um, people over 65. And I said, oh, okay. So I get there. I get in line. Oh, hang on. I think I'm getting a work assignment. Of course. Of course. Revision pages. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. So I get in line. My appointment is at 3, I'm sorry, my appointment's at 2.30 or something. It's like last batch of the day. Guy in front of me, his appointment's at 2.15. There are about 100 people in line before us. And it was 2.15 when I arrived for my 2.15 appointment. And he's like, this line hasn't moved. It's crazy busy. They overbooked. And I go, do you think we'll even get the vaccine? And he was like, I don't know. So we're standing there and I said, uh, are you a healthcare worker? And he said, no, are you? And I said, no. And I'm like, are you over 65? He's like, no. So everyone in the line was pretty young. Nobody was even 55. There was no elderly people in sight. Now, I don't, I don't know if everyone was a healthcare worker or what. But I'm staying in the line. I think it was a lot of people in the restaurant industry. So I'm reading. And I was so grateful that the guy in line in front of me was not a chatty Cathy. It was not the mayor of the line, such as, such as and the Iraq. Sorry, that's an old Miss America contest joke. Anyway, um, he was just like, he said what he needed to say. Then he turned back around and I appreciated it. I also had a book in my face. So I, that is the key, by the way, everybody. When you go in line somewhere and you don't want anyone to bother you, don't bring a Kindle or your phone to read on. I mean, you can bring it, but don't. Bring a good old-fashioned book. Not a magazine, a book. A book says, I'm invested, I mean business, I'm reading. When you hold an electronic device in front of you, people don't take it seriously. There, it's something registers in their brain like, that's not real. She's looking at pictures or games And a magazine is like, oh, she can flip through that anywhere. A book is like, I'm in another world right now. Please don't talk to me. Looking at your phone, nobody knows if you're just doing it because it's a habitual habit to pass the time or if, you know, you're engrossed in some kind of New Yorker article. They don't know. You got to bring a book. Bring a book and people will shut the fuck up. So. I'm in the line. Now the line is moving. We're getting there. We're getting there. Now this nurse, this guy, this nurse, he's walking up and down the line now. He's like, do you have an appointment? Do you have an appointment? Do you have an appointment? We're all like, yep, yep, yep. He's not asking what do you do for a living? Just do you have an appointment? Do you have an appointment? 
And then he starts counting one, two, three, four, five. And I was number 30. He goes, if I gave you a number, you are getting a vaccine today. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Now my phone is dying. It's that awful thing where I turn it off to save the battery and then I turn it back on and the battery's on red. I'm like, how is it dying even when it's off? It's because I needed to put it in airplane mode. That is a trick. But my phone is where I have the receipt, the email receipt that says I have an actual appointment. I didn't have a charger with me. It was all in my car. I could have put my purse down, run to my car. It just, I didn't want to move. So the guy comes around and he's like, okay. And he goes, the rest of the line, you're probably not going to get in. But if you want to hang around in case something, but this is the amount of vaccines we have. These people have an appointment. And some people who had an appointment, again, they weren't over 65. We're like, oh, damn. And he's like, sorry, we made too many appointments or something like that. But there was only like five or six people. But um, I can't remember. But but it was all fine. Everyone was fine. So then as he's talking to us, he's like, oh, such a long day. You know, they say these things are going to be done by 2.30, but we're probably going to be here till 5. Everybody wants to go home. Like contractually, we got to get out of here by the... I don't know. He's trying to give away bottles of hand sanitizer. Now, all of a sudden, I hear these two nurses screaming at each other up ahead. I see it. By the way, I am now this close in line. There's like only now 15 to 20 people in front of me. I am in the area. I see people sitting down for, you know, they're doing their prerequisite sit for 15 minutes after the test thing. I see people getting shots. I see people signing in. I am in the ring. These nurses are going nuts. It looks like a play. You ever walk like Shakespeare in the park? Like, what are those people insane? Oh, they're doing acting. They're screaming. And he's like, ugh, these two have been going at it all day. He goes, they didn't take a lunch break because they thought we'd be done by 2.30. I told them this tends to go longer. He goes, I already ate. He goes, they're hungry. That's what's going on. He goes, they want to get out of here, but they're making the day last longer. Let me go see what's going on. So this one nurse was like, is everyone in that line a healthcare worker? And the guy was like, well, they have appointments. And she's like, I didn't ask that. I asked if they're a healthcare worker. And he's like, well, but that's not what the the website allowed other people. And she's like, well, it shouldn't have. And he's like, well, but it did. And so appointments are the priority. She goes, no, over 65 is a priority. He's like, well, there isn't anyone in line over 65. Like I've gone through to get the elderly people. They all got through today. And she's like, well, then I'm going to ask people what they do for a living. And he's like, Okay, but that's like they these people got appointments fair and square. And so uh, but there's if anyone in line was a healthcare worker, they would have heard this and been like, I'm one. So she's like, I don't care if I have to turn. He's like, if you turn people away, then we'll have extra vaccine. We'll have to throw out. She's like, I don't care. It's on principle. And then the other nurse was like, I don't I just want to get out of here. I just think as many people as vaccinated is the most important thing. And so there was this whole disagreement. And it was just like this mean nurse was like, anyone who comes through my line, I'm only vaccinating healthcare workers. And the guy was like, okay, but you're not really allowed to do that. And then the, the nice nurse was like, I don't really care. So the guy comes over and I'm like, were we not supposed to be here? Like, what was with that website that let all kinds of people sign up? He's like, look, when when we do like a vaccine, he didn't say vaccine dump. He's like, but when we have to get through a lot of vaccines in a weekend, they open it up just to get all these appointments. He's like, then you don't know how many people aren't going to show up. We didn't want to waste any. And so, you know, we opened it up to other levels, but like, you know, whatever. So 
He's like, she's been prioritizing the elderly and healthcare all day. There's none left. Like this is, this is on the up and up. He's like, but she just won't listen. She just won't listen. So I get there and uh, now I'm at the front of the line. There's a couple in front of me and a man, no, a couple in front, a man in back of them and I'm in back of the man. So the couple gets called over to mean nurse and I'm like, fuck, because you know how it is. You're in one line and, and so couple branches off to the right, my right to mean nurse. Guy in front of me is going to branch off to nice nurse. And if we're going by like, well, you know, the order of things, it looks like I'm going to get stuck with mean nurse. And I just, my heart just dropped and I texted people I was texting. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get it. So mean nurse is dealing with the two people. She's like, are you healthcare workers? And he's like, no, I own a restaurant or something like that. She's like, well, the priority is 65 and over in healthcare workers. And that's the state of California and blah, blah. She's like, you can come back next week and I'll, I'll let you be first in the priority line or something like that. She writes down something. They're like, oh, all right. Uh, you know, and then um, the woman, the nice nurse is talking to the guy and I'm like, oh God, is she asking him too? And 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 he's like, no, I didn't. I And she's like, you have to also fill out this paperwork. So can you move over to the side and fill it out? Now, I had already filled out my paperwork. I was holding it. And so all of a sudden the couple, they're starting to walk away from mean nurse and mean nurse is, is like about to look up and catch my eye and call me over. And then uh, so I don't I don't let it happen. I look at nice nurse. She looks at me and I just start walking over. Now, I shouldn't really have started walking over to her because she already had a guy there. But, you know, and, and social distancing and all that, like maybe I wasn't exactly six feet away from him, but he was taking too long to fill out his paperwork. He was like going into his wallet and oh, what's my health insurance card number? So he's taken a while. And so I make eye contact with her and I just start walking over and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on over. And I was like, like, it was literally like going to Ellis Island or something. It wasn't. But, you know, just just like, please save me. Please let me in. And she's like, do you have this? Okay, great. She goes, do you have an appointment? And I said, yes. And then my phone, like I showed her the appointment and then my phone literally died. It was just all so meant to be. And then she handed me a card and I said, what is this? And she said, it's your vaccination card. It means you got vaccinated. So you are about to get the vaccine. And I was like, so nothing can stop it. And she's like, nothing can stop it. And I was like, oh my God, I was so happy. I mean, I was one second away from mean nurse, the nurse that probably turned away someone I knew that morning. And I walk over to the little place. Um, and it's just so strange because they just, they just stick a needle in you. They don't explain, oh, it might get sore for a few days or, you know, um, here might the side effects be or like just nothing. It's just like, hi, bleh, hi. Bleh. And, and I went over and I was just so, I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't know how to process this moment. It felt like such a big deal. You know, here I was, it hasn't even been a year since I first went into lockdown and I'm already vaccinated. This is incredible. And 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 yet no one can be with me during this time. And and I, I don't know, it was, it was so emotional. And I just was tearing up and I just couldn't believe my luck. I couldn't believe science. I just, I, 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 I had hope for the first time. I didn't know what to think. And she just jabs me. It doesn't hurt at all. A flu shot hurts. This does not hurt. And that was it. And they said, you know, your next shot is on March 13th and we'll call or email you with the date. Now, of course, I got some weird email that was like, your date is February 20th, which was two weeks ago. So that can't be my second shot date. because it was. So I have to drive to this place now and try to catch them. And be like, I never really got an appointment for my second shot. What's going on? So it's not, it's it's a 
big mess. It's a big mess out here in California. And there's a world where like, I don't get my second shot and I fucked myself, but I'll figure it out. I don't want to get just nobody email me. I know the details. I'm just not naming them because that's not an entertaining podcast. But if I don't say something, I'm going to get 50 emails that are going to come in two weeks later about what to do. I'm all good. No suggestions needed. Just telling the story. So I sit there for 15 minutes and I'm, you know, no side effects at all. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do. I felt like that moment. I felt like that picture of the World War II soldier kissing. Is he kissing a nurse in the middle of the street in New York City or somewhere? I just felt like that. I don't know which one I was. I don't know who's been vaccinated in that photo, but I was like, just let me go wrap my arms. You know, it's like your brain does a thing. I'll give you an example. You ever have to pee when you're driving home and you're like, I have to pee. Now I can hold it. But I better go the minute I walk in my door at my at my house. I better go straight to the bathroom and pee. But you ever have your body has its own mind. So you pull into the driveway, you get out of the car, and the minute you're unlocking the door, your bladder's like, time to let go. And you're like, no, 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 no. And you're like crossing your legs like, don't pee. I don't know if this is, happens to men. But it's like the pee is like, what? We're home. Time to pee. And you're like, we're, we're home. Yes, technically. But we're not in the bathroom yet. Can you calm down? That's what it felt like. Like, like my brain was like, you're vaccinated. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not. We're not in the bathroom yet. We're not in the home stretch. We need a second dose. And then we can only be around other vaccinated people. And even then, one of us could be carrying some fucked up variant that the vaccine didn't cover. California has a new. Of course, California gets a new variant after I get the vaccine. And they're like, no one in California is ever going to live long or have a good life or ever be able to see anyone again. Bye. But my body doesn't my there's something there's a battle going on in my brain where I'm like, go out, go get a drink, (laughs) go sit outside with a glass of wine, go, go call everybody, have a party. And and the other side of my brain is going, you've got the first dose four minutes ago. You ain't going anywhere. And sure, you could go out in a mask right now, but that's not what you want to do. Calm down. Calm down. This is this is nowhere near over. You are not free to do whatever. You're not flying to Europe tomorrow. You're you're just really excited because you're this is the first step to getting things back on some kind of track. Just relax. I was so happy, but you can't be happy because no one else is vaccinated. What am I going to call all my friends that aren't vaccinated? First of all, by the way, I didn't tell anybody about these appointments because I felt <laughs> I felt guilty getting one anyway. But I was like, what am I going to call and tell people who haven't been following the rules all year? I don't think so. I mean, there actually weren't any appointments left. Like by the time I booked mine, it was all taken up. So that's why I wanted to make sure I got mine first. But, you know, I'm not exactly going to call people and be like, hey, remember when you went to um, Cancun last week? Well, your reward for it is that I'm going to give you vaccine info. Like, mm-mm. That's so why it pays if you're Jen Kirkman's friend and you traipse around like there's no pandemic, you're not going to get vaccinated early. See, I told you there'd be a downside to being my friend who doesn't follow the rules. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I still haven't even told anyone I'm vaccinated, really. It's weird. It's like the secret shame, like I'm not supposed to be, but there's no rule. It's like if you can get an appointment, fucking get it. Get it. So, I, who else is vaccinated? My parents. So I go home, call my parents. I'm like, I'm so happy. I was like, I feel like I'm on a manic high. I'm like, I'm opening a, a bottle of wine. My friend had, had bought me a bottle of wine. I'm like, I'm going to open this really nice bottle of wine. Now, again, last week I said that I was giving up wine for Lent because I, I'm trying to lose some weight anyway, but I... You know, so it's it's not really religious. It's more vain. But also, uh, you know, it I don't know. It felt like a fun thing to do. Like I haven't done something for Lent in so long. And I don't know. It just felt like a pandemic thing to do. But Lent is like 46 days. Jesus only fasted in the desert for 40. So I said to my mom, now I feel guilty because so my mom's like, I have been praying to the Virgin Mary every night that you somehow luck out and get a vaccine early so so that you can, you know, whatever you want to do. And uh, I said, what if this is the Virgin Mary? Oh, I think it was. And I said, well, see, my mom doesn't, she doesn't bother with Jesus. She prays to the Virgin Mary. She understands more things. Jesus, I don't know. I go directly to the Virgin Mary. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. She did watch her son die on the cross. <laughs> she didn't intervene. Jennifer, that was predetermined. That was his fate. She couldn't interfere. So I think it was your fate to get the vaccine. Now, I love when my mother's religious weirdness um, benefits me. So I didn't argue with that. And she said, uh, I, and I said, so I feel guilty. Let's just say in this world, there's a Virgin Mary and she helped me out. I can't give up wine for a month and I'm going to, I'm to celebrate my vaccine. I'm going to open up a bottle and have a glass. Now I looked online and, and it's totally safe to have wine after a vaccine. Everyone must be Googling it. Cause I was like, is it okay to, and it was like, have wine after a vaccine? Yeah. I just type, is it okay to have wine after a vaccine? Yep. So my mom said, well, you know, we don't do Lent. We don't have to do that. I haven't done Lent in a long time. You know, it was only 40 days. And, you know, I think the Virgin Mary, she didn't tell anyone to give up anything for Lent. She, She wants to help you. And uh, she said, now, Jesus, he fasted 40 days in the desert because he wanted to. That's his business. That's his business. If Jesus wanted to fast for 40 days in the desert, that's what he wanted to do. He never said we had to do that. I know it's nice to remember, but I have given up so much this year, Jennifer. 
Your father and I haven't gone to the casino in 16 weeks. That's way longer than 40 days. And now I'm laughing because I'm like, 16 weeks isn't the length of the pandemic so far. 16 weeks is four months. I just had to do the math on my fingers under the desk. I was like, 4, 8, 12, 16. So that means you were at the casino right before the surge. I wouldn't tell everybody that. Well, we had our masks on, but we realized it wasn't a good gamble, so to speak. Now, if you said I hadn't been to the casino in a year, but I said, no, I get it. And and I haven't seen anyone. And, you know, I'm older and and one year of my life is gone and I didn't and I'm healthy. I know, I know. You know, my my mother doesn't do the gratitude thing. She thinks it's all bullshit. So I'm like, but your family's healthy. You got to talk to us like a few times a week on the phone. You still got to visit my sisters. You guys had really nice holidays and Every other week, you guys would go sit outside together and you live with your husband and he's healthy and you guys got to hug and, you know, you you weren't working anyway because you're both retired. So it's not like you lost any money. You've got really good health care. You know, I mean, nothing bad happened. You just did less. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> what? No, it's true. Look, you don't know about it. That is true. But you have to know how delightful it is for me to see my mom come into her own and have her own opinions about religion, even if they're based on her going to a casino. It's growing up when she had these rules and regulations and fears, it was like just bizarre, you know, and now I get to watch someone coming into their own and being like, I've made a decision. I'm giving up nothing for Lent. So so I had some wine that night and then, but I'm still giving it up for Lent. So there you go. Um. And I will, it'll be longer than 40 days. Take that, Jesus. Take that. I'm going longer than 40 days. I think it ends up being like 43 or something. So there you go. That's the story of my vaccine. I don't know when I'm getting the second dose. I mean, I know the date I'm supposed to. I don't know how it's going to work. They're like, we'll email or call you. It might not be the same location. And so... I mean, I have no control here. I can't contact them. Is anyone is anyone thinking of that episode of Sex in the City where Mr. Big was dating a movie star and she wasn't calling him back and he didn't have like her personal cell phone number or something. If she wasn't getting in touch and he was so sad and he called Carrie and she's like, "I'm at Aiden's country house and she was miserable up there." And Big takes his car up there and gets really drunk and can't drive home. And Aiden gets mad and then they have a big fight, Aiden and Big. But then the next morning, everything's okay and Aiden makes Big some coffee. And Mr. Big is telling Aiden what he's going through. He's like, see, she can get a hold of me, but I can't get a hold of her. And Aiden's like, that's fucked up. That's me with the shot. They can get a hold of me, but I can't get a hold of them. Anyway, no angry emails, please, about the vaccine. Please, God, let me have something in this life. Again, thank you for listening to my podcast. Hope you're having fun. If you want to get even more, you can join the Patreon. I do bonus episodes every week, 20-minute extra bonus episodes that are about something happening in pop culture. 
things I don't normally talk about on the podcast. And there's a lot of unreleased stand-up. I taped a lot of my stand-up on my phone audio sets, and those are sprinkled out throughout all the different levels, whether it's 5 10 15 a month, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, $10 level gets um, three bonuses a month. They get a two 20 minutes and a big one-hour bonus. Um, $5 and up gets a 20-minute bonus every month. And the video version... I turn on the camera and start chatting, and then I turn on the audio recording. So the video people always get a little more in every episode. And again, this is what I'm doing for a living. I am not touring, and I am not writing full-time this year. So this, I love doing this. And so this is what I like to do, and I'm so grateful that people are paying me to do it. So be one of them. Pay my bills. Support me. Support people you love so that they stick around doing the thing you love them doing. Patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Again, I do have a new podcast coming out in 2021 called Anxiety Bites. And it's me uh, talking about anxiety, not from like, oh, I'm an expert, but like talking about my personal experiences and then interviewing people who are experts. That's coming out on a network. All that will be announced at some point. So we will we will have that as well. But that, there's no Patreon involved in that or anything like that. If you need help with anxiety, send me an email that says help to anxietybitesweekly at gmail.com. And if you're like, all this sounds great, I don't want to join the Patreon, I'd love to give you money. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Jen Kirkman and give me money. But usually what people use Buy Me A Coffee for is they donate after reading my newsletter. And I do donate 15% of all that money to the uh, anxiety and Depression Association of America. So there you go. There's all my things. I'm also part of the Misfit Toys Comedy Collective started by Jimmy Pardo of Never Not Funny. And let's hear from one of the great podcasts on that network right now. Hey, everybody. Do you have a Doug in your life or do you wish you had a Doug in your life? Either way, you should check out Wide World of Dougs, the show where comedians Doug Benson, that's me, and Doug Mellard get together to discuss the name Doug and lots of other things with Dougs and non-Dougs. We don't discriminate. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Got it. And you can go to the link in the show notes and check out all of the podcasts on the Misfit Toys Comedy Network. So. I've been watching the Woody Allen, uh, Allen v. Farrow on HBO Max. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to take you just through my story of what it is to be a woman and Woody Allen. I don't want to get into too much of the details of his molesting his daughter, so I'm not going to. Um, I will, I'm sure, continue to talk about this documentary as the weeks go on. But there's a lot of men out there who are having a really hard time with this. And they're like, separate the art from the artist, which I always think is funny because a lot of times the art is about also the thing that you want me to separate them from. Like, his movies are about older men and teenage women, like some of them. Now, here's the deal. I have always loved Woody Allen. I am devastated by this. I believe it is true. It's the same thing I went through with Michael Jackson. I am devastated. It sucks. Annie Hall has always been my favorite movie. He's a big part of it. 
when I was growing up, when nobody was talking about anxiety, depression, neuroticism, anything, I didn't know it was something you could even laugh at. I didn't know it was anything. I didn't know you could talk about going to therapy in a movie. I didn't know that having childhood anxiety about the universe expanding was not just specific to me. I mean, when I saw that movie, I was in my late teens and I just thought this whole new world opened up to me that I didn't even dawn on me yet that I was going to go into comedy and talk about these same things. But obviously that foundation was was laid by him, right? And And Howard Stern as well. And so he means a lot to me on a personal level. It's not just, it's not a comedy hero to me. It's, a, it's actually something deeper. But I can let my heroes go. It's not a big deal. I mean, it, it does affect me, but I can let it go. It's fine. You know, I got something out of it at the time and I can move on. I can move on and find new heroes that aren't pedophiles. And now let me just say something about pedophilia. I do believe after watching this documentary that he is an actual clinically diseased pedophile. Um, I just don't know a lot about it. So in other words, is he still doing that stuff? Like he has daughters. Does it, do you stop one day? Like, I really don't know about it. I remember reading an article or something that um, this guy was a pedophile, but he had never acted on it. It was just all consuming his thoughts. And he wanted to go to therapy about it, but I think he had read that even if you tell your therapist you have these kind of thoughts, they have to report you. And he didn't know what to do. And he was trying to look up taking experimental drugs that would take away his testosterone so that he had no sexual urges at all. And he was like, I'm just going to live as an asexual person and, you know, whatever. He wanted to get help, but he was so afraid. And then he killed himself. And then he left all that in a note because he was like, I, I, I just can't. I can't live this way. And I'm afraid to, you know, I'm afraid to act on it and I'm afraid to tell anyone. So I I actually have the utmost sympathy for someone who's an, a legitimate pedophile. I mean, it's a sickness. He's a sick person. It's just harder to have the sympathy be the, my first reaction when I see how much pain he's caused others, when I see him being in total denial about it, when I see him getting away with it, when I see it furthering this sort of like powerful men in Hollywood thing and women are crazy. You know, there's this whole thing. Oh, Mia Farrow's crazy. Let's just say she is. Let's just, she's certified crazy. She's a bad person, all this stuff. But it doesn't mean he also isn't a pedophile. And so I'll just quickly get into what I thought was interesting about this documentary when I'd heard the accusations of his daughter Dylan in the past. You know, things are, you don't realize how your brain processes things. So she said, oh, one time he took me in the attic and this and that. And I thought, oh, one time he took her in the attic. And then you watch the documentary, you go, oh, God. It was a life of grooming since she was a baby and a weird obsession with her. And that's what's so fascinating about it is stuff we've never heard before. And it's like a psychiatrist that lived in their building was like, um, I saw something inappropriate. And it wasn't even just sexually inappropriate. It was just they kept calling it like this obsession with her and this fixation on his daughter. And, you know, he, what I found interesting was I was like, well, is that why he went for Mia Farrow? Cause she had seven kids already. And then they said, when they met, he was like, look, I don't want anything to do with kids. So I'm going to live in my own apartment across central park. They're your kids to raise. I want nothing to do with them. And she was like, okay. And I thought, oh, well, no, maybe that's, maybe I was wrong. And then I went, oh, no, I think that could be a great cover. I mean, it doesn't because you're a pedophile doesn't mean you want to have anything to do with kids on the day to day taking care of them level. And so 
I think it was like, I think he did go for her because of the kids. I mean, it's really fucked up. Like, I, I didn't know I was going to have to completely reframe Woody Allen like this in my mind. But fuck, maybe that's what he did. And then he became, a, then he convinced Mia to adopt, as he called it, a white blonde girl. And so she adopted this two-week-old baby that was Dylan. And then he became interested in, in the children. And he also had one male child named Moses, who was Asian, that he kind of groomed to be on his side about things. So, I, you know, my point with all of this is I'm just let's just bring it back to my journey because this isn't a true crime documentary or podcast or whatever. I don't want to hear from people that are like, let's look at the other side. I will delete your email and not read it. From, from my perspective, it makes me sad when people say, you didn't used to think like this. You've just been brainwashed when it's like, actually, I've been unbrainwashed. You know, when I was a teenager, if you said to me, um, this man has a teenage girlfriend. He's 40 something. No, I'm not, I don't mean Woody Allen, but any man. I'd go, cool. She must be really smart, that teenage girl. She must be really intellectual. Like, I never thought it was weird of men because when I was a teenager, I thought I was an adult and I thought I was smarter than adults. And I thought I knew it all. And so, an, a grown up man liking me, I'd be like, yeah, because adults are dumb <clears throat> and he gets how special I am. <clears throat> and that's the problem with this stuff is you don't realize that you're not emotionally capable of this stuff. And I never had any relationship with an older man, but <clears throat> I didn't begrudge anyone who didn't. And I was like, it's feminism, do whatever you want. But I didn't realize like you're giving this man something that, you know, you're giving him this opportunity to have arrested development. You know, you're not allowing him to date women with some, hormonal problems that maybe sweat at night and that have some wrinkles and have some cellulite, you know, you're giving him this youth fantasy, you're giving him a lot of stuff that, you know, is part of growing up and getting older and actually seeing women as people, you know, you're, you're allowing him to kind of get away with something in a way that that's kind of how I see. It. I mean, there's always exceptions when people fall in love, whatever. But even when Woody Allen married Soon Yi, I remember being one of those people who thought it was really weird and disturbing. But was like, well, you know, it wasn't his adopted daughter. And it's like now looking back as a grown woman. So if I had a boyfriend, if I had adopted kids and I had a boyfriend of 10 years who when we we broke up because I found out he was dating one of my kids, even though it's not his kid and he's not overly parental with her, that's not necessary <laughs> at the very least that's not necessary. Imagine you're you're dating a guy and he starts dating your sister. That's terrible as it is. But your daughter. I mean, it's child abuse, even if she's a teenager. And it's really, it's sociopathic to not care about, you can not love someone anymore and want to break up with them and date someone else. But come on, this is just not normal behavior. And since he had known Sunyi your whole life, he was grooming her too. And you go, well, they're still together. Well, I, listen, again, I'm, I'm just talking about me. The whole thing is insane. And then there's all this, like, he was really close to Jeffrey Epstein. I'm like, what? You know, so it, but for me, it was interesting that I can't believe at one point I thought it was okay that he married his stepdaughter. I like, at one point it was fine with me. Not fine, but like, eh, people are fucked up. 
And now I'm like, oh, this is a tragedy. And it's not because some liberal machine has gotten into my head. It's because I've I've had to discard a lot of internalized sexism that I've had. That's why I thought my feminism learning curve was over when I read all the right books in the 90s. And as I get older and older and older and just see how fucked up it is out there, I go, oh my God, I keep learning. And uh, it's disturbing. So that's my thoughts on that documentary. I'm going to keep watching it. But it's been bumming me out to see guys I know online be like, just because he married Soon Yi doesn't mean he molested the other one. I'm like, what kind of argument is this? Why is that your concern? Why? It, pro- it, it actually does mean that. I'm sorry. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But why can't you use that kind of nuanced thinking to say, just because Mia Farrow might be crazy doesn't mean that she um, convinced her daughter to say she was molested. Why doesn't the logic work that way? Why is it like just because he was a pedophile once doesn't mean he was twice? I don't understand the why men can't be more like, oh, my God, he was my hero. But I'm seeing things that are really disturbing. I'm really sad. I'm sad for him. It must be really hard to have this giant like disorder and and it's sad for everyone. I mean, that's how I feel. It's just sad for everyone. You know, I don't understand why that is not the reaction. I, I get that people are devastated by this. Again, I've already had Michael Jackson taken from my repertoire, you know. Um, but I never went at it like, fuck you people for showing me the light. You know, it was more like, I'm really disappointed. And I'm not not watching his movies anymore because I'm so politically correct. It's that he's in them and I really can't look at his face. It makes me sick. I'm not like trying to do the right thing. Like, oh my God, stop me. I'm trying to watch a Woody Allen movie, but I know I shouldn't because Hollywood says don't. By the way, I love when people think Hollywood is liberal. Hollywood is the thing that has enabled him this whole time. Hollywood, you know, I hate the word Hollywood because it doesn't really refer to anything but a town. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What else did I say I was going to talk about? Oh, there was an article we were never meant to exercise. All right, let me just read a couple listener emails. Jen. Thank you so much for being one of the voices in my life, voices of reason since the beginning of the pandemic. I live in Brisbane, Australia. I was there in 2015. It was a three-day torrential rainstorm. I can't believe our gig still happened. And I've been blessed with one of the best pandemic experiences in the world. 
However, as a lifelong anxious person, thank you for your resources and classes. That's right, everybody. AnxietyBitesWeekly at gmail.com. With a bachelor's degree in immunology and infectious diseases. Ooh, that sounds fun. I was deeply concerned when news started to warn of the coronavirus in February and March 2020. Wow, a whole year ago. After a conversation with my brother about the likely outcome of the upcoming months, I immediately jumped into action likely as a way to cope with the feeling of dread I was experiencing, and went about gathering enough food and supplies at home for a potential quarantine experience, which I felt was likely to come. But at this stage, there weren't any known cases in Australia. I also attempted to warn family, friends, and coworkers, though it fell largely on deaf ears. That was me too. I was trying to warn people, and I was just like, maybe I'm the crazy one. I still can't believe I went on a plane on March 8th to the East Coast. Oh my God. Um, I stopped touching and hugging coworkers and was lampooned as a lunatic who was blowing things out of proportion. Oh, doesn't it feel good? You get, you right now, you right now do the I'm right dance. The name's been redacted, but whatever your name is, here you're here, you're going to do the I'm right dance and you're going to do it and you're going to get in front of your mirror and you're going to celebrate yourself and you, hit, you you put your arms over your head and you clap. And you, you wave your hips back and forth and go, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. I told you, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And you can play that every time. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You were, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You knew it. Okay. My years of education in the infectious diseases clearly meant nothing to anyone, and this is where I began to fully understand the power of denial. A few days later, I texted a friend, a doctor in Melbourne, to suggest she buy some extra groceries in case of quarantine. Nothing crazy, just a few extra things to avoid having to buy groceries for a while. Being a doctor, I expected a level of understanding. She replied, oh, are people worried about it up there? Two weeks later, the whole country had been ordered to work from home and only go out for essential activities. Since March, your podcasts have been a source of refuge and relief for me in hearing there was someone that shared my level of concern. I spent around six weeks working from home in early 2020 and was then directed to return to the office, though I quite enjoyed being at home and would have stayed that way if I could. Here in Brisbane, we have largely been able to go back to some sense of normal life, though I have continued to limit my movements and practice social distancing. Nearly everyone I know has raced to go back to their old ways of hugging and shaking hands as soon as possible and almost wear it as a badge of honor of defiance to the virus. I'm frequently reminded of just how stupid the average person is. COVID has confirmed everything I secretly suspected about humans. This realization has strangely brought me a level of peace in not having to constantly do the mental gymnastics around whether people are good or not. They're not. <laughs> to give you an idea of our state government's response here in Queensland, over after over 100 days of no community transmission, we had a case where a cleaner at a hotel quarantine facility was infected by a guest. It turned out the cleaner was infected with the highly infectious UK strain, and within 24 hours, the government had set the wheels in motion for a three-day lockdown, followed by a host of new restrictions. This was the scenario I warned about when people questioned why I continued to socially distance despite no active cases in the community. I work in a customer-facing role and have often witnessed middle-aged white men meeting clients for the first time while grabbing their hand forcefully without checking to see if the person was comfortable. Usually they were not. It made me sick to my stomach. 
One thing I have gained from the pandemic is the ability to enforce boundaries. And for that, I am grateful. For the first time in my life, I've had an ironclad reason for not attending social occasions that I had zero interest in. Another thing I've learned is that most people operate on a level of willful denial that gives them the ability to defend their own ignorance. I'm more socially isolated than ever, but I'm okay with that for now. I will likely be vaccinated by June, and I'm not really sure how things will change for me then, if at all. Thank you for being a constant in my life this year. You've really helped me. Well, that was so interesting. So after I got the vaccine and had these thoughts, get out there and do, I thought, you know, I don't know what's going to change for me. I mean, I'm going to be fully honest. I do expect to fly to Massachusetts to see my mom for her birthday, but I'm I'm vaccinated and so are they. And I'm going to wear 50,000 masks on the plane and I got a private seat like in the jet blue little first class mint pod and I'm just going to rent a car and just go there. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's what I think I'm doing. I might be totally wrong. Maybe it's still not safe to do that because I could pick up some, like I said, there's a California variant and I could still transmit it to them. So maybe I go visit and we still just do masks outside. I, I mean, I wasn't planning to like sleep in their bed with them, but, you know, and I would get a Airbnb or a hotel. So I don't know. I mean, it seems crazy to me. Like, I just don't understand. Of course, I know vaccines work, but it just seems it's just going to be hard to comprehend. And maybe I won't end up doing it. I don't know. But it's just so weird that in California, we had 17,000 new cases a day during the surge in the winter. And now it's down to like 3,700 new cases a day in Los Angeles only. That's not California. And you guys have one in Queensland, which is like the whole area for those who haven't been to to Australia. It's like a whole it's like saying the Northwest, you know. It's um, it's a whole gaggle of states and cities. And one case shuts everything down. I mean, we are so backwards that we have 3,000 people in L.A. who have it. We're like, that's nothing. Let me go get a pedicure. You know, it's so strange to me. So that's why we have our own variant, because no one's following the rules. And so I was listening to a podcast where this epidemiologist said, once you get the vaccine, it's going to become a moral issue. How moral do you want to be? You know, you could still... You traveling, me traveling, I could still catch a strain and give it to someone who's not vaccinated. So if I'm going to bop around before everyone's vaccinated, I don't know. I don't know how responsible that is. And I go, no, 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 but it's fine. And it's like, yeah, but there's the traveling part. What if what if you catch something and then give it to someone? It's like, well, how would I? I have 50 masks on. And it's like, well, you know, so I've got to be careful. I, I mean, I'm not going to go outdoor dining or go to a friend's house or anything like that. I'm doing exactly the same as I was doing. And that's the mind fuck. It's like, I've got the vaccine in my body, but I'm not living any differently, except this potential trip I think I'm taking in April, which it might just be a fantasy or a delusion at this point. But um, I bought it. I, it's all and it's all refundable. It just goes back into my travel bank. So it's like it's there if I decide to. But there's something about it that's like, this is probably not right. Um, and I hope I'm not letting anyone down. I know I've been like the COVID Nazi. And now I'm like, I got vaccinated. See you in Tulum. <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I just really want to go see my parents. Um, Jen, this is Tom. Totally feeling your ick 
regarding the vaccine prospects. I've got two factors, and as a prosecutor, I'm required to interact with the public. I've been happily waiting for my time to come as part of Group 1B in Nebraska, looking at March or April. Now, last week, our asshole governor decided to remove the risk factor group from consideration, focusing exclusively on age. Now I'm relegated to Group 2A, behind 1C, and I have a very vague expectation of, quote, sometime between April and December. Oh, that fucking sucks. Did I mention our asshole governor? Because he's an asshole. Love the podcast. Yes, yeah, see, our governor's no better, and he's a lib, a libby lib, you know? Someone wrote me something that's a little complex to get into, so I won't. Um... Oh, this is a nice podcast. Hi, Jen. I'm a big fan of this podcast. I believe I've been listening since 2016, which seems like yesterday, but turns out it's been five years. Craziness. Hey, if anyone wants to go back and listen to this podcast from the whole beginning, back to when it was called I Seem Fun, starting in 2013, go to jenkirkman.com and click podcast, and there will be a link there that'll take you back to the archives, um, which exist on SoundCloud. You have to just keep, once you're on SoundCloud, keep scrolling, um, and it'll keep going back the more you scroll. Jen, this might not be the kind of thing you want to hear from listeners. I'm not sure, but here I go anyway. I can tell you that it is because I already read this email and I love it. A few years ago, one of my cats died. And right as my mom, I know this person must be somewhere in the UK, mom. And right as my mom came home from the vet with the empty cat carrier, I had to quickly hug her and run out the door for school. It was a half hour train journey and your podcast was what I listened to so that I didn't sob to any strangers on their morning commute. I believe it was an episode where you talked about your history with anxiety on planes. Not sure, but truly your voice and your casual conversation helped me feel like I had a friend to distract me and keep me together that day. That's my favorite compliment. Double whammy here. The second of our cats died just a few weeks ago now. I'm so sorry. Everyone who owns a cat is so brave. I can't do it. I can't take the pain of losing one. Oh, you guys, cats, I love them. I'm currently working from home for Test and Trace in the UK, calling people who've tested positive for COVID, asking them details about where they've been, who they've seen, how long they need to isolate for. Oh my God, that's like my dream job. (laughs) But I'd get all judgmental. Where'd you go? Who'd you see? We've been in lockdown since January. um, So supermarkets and hospitals seem to be the major culprit. Oh, good to know. So on the day the cat died, I had to be in work and in between calls. I was losing my shit, crying a lot. And I thought, how do I keep it together? What will help me get through this? And again, your podcast came to mind. I listen regularly anyway, but I just want you to know that you've helped me through some tricky times over the years. I love the portions of dead air when I think my phone's malfunctioning. And I just love your perspective and humor. Thanks for doing what you do. Avid listener and cat fan. P.S. After writing this, I am singing along to I Am Woman with you on the most recent episode. A classic tune. Oh, thank you. One last one from Ireland. Hey, Jen, I just want to say thank you for the podcast. It was a lot of UK, Ireland, Australia. I am loved outside of America. Inside America, everyone's like, you're stupid. Talk about pussies more. Um, thank you for the podcast. Since the pandemic started, I've never been more grateful for you and your work. I get a great sense of calm having you in my ears as I do my weekly grocery shop, which is very much needed in these times. As, as I queued in the shopping line last week, I was listening to your episode about these people who nominate themselves mayor of the line. And would you believe there was a lady doing this very thing in front of me? Usually this would really get on my nerves, but when I heard about your experience and the Sex and the City reboot comment, I laughed out loud. I've just had a baby, my second child. 
a little girl after nine years. And I named her Jen Kirkman. No, I'm just kidding. I never thought it would happen for me. So that's definitely something unexpected that came about in COVID. Oh, that's so sweet. Obviously, my anxiety is now heightened, but it also feels really nice to not give excuses to friends and family members as to why I don't want visitors. Oh my God. This is honestly, I can't believe I never had a kid because it is the best get out of socializing free card. And yet it makes more people want to come see you. Um, but COVID, I guess, is what you're saying is the best get out of socializing free card. That when COVID came around, I was like, oh, good, I don't have to have a kid. I can just get out of things from COVID. I'm rambling now, but I just want to say that I've just become a patron of your podcast. Oh, thank you. With a new baby and everything, it's my way of saying thank you for your continuous efforts to do this podcast each week, especially in these crazy times. I hope I get to see you live someday. Take care. Love from Ireland. (laughs) I think I wrote her back about my Ireland experience. Or actually, since you're on the Patreon, you can... um, Scroll down and look at one of the Fridays from the archive, and I'm I'm on Conan O'Brien telling him about my experience in Dublin. Um, oh man. Well, thank you, and congrats on having a little girl. Nothing, nothing is more precious than a little girl. Um, okay, so I read this article, and I'm going a little over here, but that's okay. Oh, everyone, don't forget. Uh, March, I am donating. of my proceeds that I get to keep from my merchandise sales to food banks. I did it in January. I did it in February. January, I sent over $1,000 split up between three three food banks. One was in Texas. One was in Georgia. One was in Los Angeles. February went to Duluth, Minnesota and um, Detroit, Michigan or Flint, Michigan. And I haven't decided what's coming in March yet, but probably some of the states um, down south that were affected by the winter storm. Um, it might be probably maybe Louisiana and Mississippi or something like that. But um, merchandise, I have the, if you are a Patreon, you can see. I have over here the, uh, the new Anxious and Fun merchandise. This is an uh, awesome notebook. Ooh, it has a pocket in it. You can write your uh, gratitude list or things that make you anxious in your Anxious and Fun notebook. Um, it's a smiley face that has sort of a squiggle that's like, oh, um, it says anxious AF, but then underneath the AF, it says, and fun, because if you're anxious, you can still be a fun person. And then I, I got myself the, um, sweatshirt anxious and fun. So I'm holding that up. So that's the new merchandise anxious AF and all my merchandise comes in masks and mugs and pins and stickers and notebooks and pillows and t-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts and baseball tees and onesies, tank tops, all kinds of fun things. And if you go to jenkirkman.com, click shop, that's where you can get everything. And there will be a sale um, next week. Mark your calendar. There will be a sale from March 10th through 12th, and everything will be up to 35% off. If you don't want to shop right now, if you want to wait for the sale, that's when it will be. If you don't mind paying full price and get to shopping, and the amount that I get to keep, I will donate to food banks. And I think I'm going to be able to donate, um, yeah, to two in March. My goal is like 500. My goal is always 1,000 a month. I feel like that's a reasonable goal. Love Would love more, but then I can donate 500 to one, 500 to the other. And it just keeps, you know, and then I tweet about it, which keeps the... Uh, you know, keeps the helps spread awareness is what I'm saying. And I post my receipts on the first of every month so that you know I'm not uh, making it up. Okay. So there was an article, and, and I think we all, we all kind of know this, that, you know, we're not meant to necessarily exercise. We, we used to just be beings that moved our bodies a lot. I, and again, I'm sorry, those of us um, 
who have like sedentary jobs. And some of you are like, I move around all day. I mean, my dad's a greenskeeper. He's never done proper exercise a day in his life, but he was always moving around, you know. Um, but there's a book called Exercised, Why Something We Never Evolved to Do is Healthy and Rewarding, a new book. A human evolutionary biology uh, professor at Harvard wrote it, 440 pages of assuring affirmations about our impulses to laze around. It turns out our desire to drape ourselves over a soft surface is an incredibly evolved, very wise strategic behavior. All animals should be as lazy as possible. Until very recently, from an evolutionary standpoint, energy was hard won for most people. And there were constant necessary ways that the energy needed to be spent. Building a fire, finding your food. So if humans struggle with not wanting to do any physical activity at all, it's because we have evolved to avoid it. It's the most normal thing to avoid exertion that isn't absolutely required of us. He's studying a population of humans, though, that have a big surplus of energy to expend. A sedentary day has become not only possible, but unavoidable. We've accidentally created a great contradiction regarding our bodily needs. We don't move. We don't need to move a great distance to fetch water for our survival. And yet we do need to move our bodies or else we will atrophy. Anyway. The article goes on and on, but I'm just a big proponent of everybody not pushing themselves and everybody getting lots of sleep and just simply walking is great if you can walk. And to all of our friends out there with chronic pain and who aren't fully able-bodied, am I saying that right? I'm so sorry if I'm not. You can email me and tell me what I'm supposed to say. Um, Obviously, I know you're a little bit left out of this conversation because I am really speaking to people without chronic pain who are able-bodied and who are just choosing not to move around. Um, I'm a big fan of, (laughs) of that um, or of exercise that makes you feel good, like I do ballet and I do yoga and I walk because that's that's how my body wants to move. But this notion of like, I'm going to hire a guy to yell at me while I do burpees, fuck off, feels unnatural, not doing it. Okay, great. I just sort of bailed on reading an article because I was like, I'm boring myself. And, you know, those of you who listen to the podcast to fall asleep, you're well asleep by now anyway. All right. I hope we all had fun as I tried to stumble my way through talking about pedophilia and uh, getting a vaccine when it, I guess, wasn't my turn. But the website let me. Oh, God, don't be mad at me. Until next week, have fun.